0: what's up guys it's jordan back with starting a startup and i have a hell of a story for you so, since I did report this last podcast, we've been working pretty heavily towards the combat carding stuff. So, high calibers running, wonderful, smooth, super operational su- success. Um, actually, I think since the last podcast, was uh, we, I was awarded 10 people or 10 young professionals to watch over the next 10 years, and then the Lansing Area uh, Entrepreneur of the Year. Um, really fun stuff. Feels great to be awarded for that stuff, but understanding that that's one company out of my two companies. So, the uh, first story I want to share is actually about the Entrepreneurial Awards. So, last year I was involved with the Greater Lansing Entrepreneurial Awards. I was awarded the Publisher's Choice Award. And two weeks before that uh, that award went out, they would let me know, like, hey, Jordan, you're going to get this award. Can you come in and get some pictures with it? No problem. I'll come in, I'll do that stuff. So, I was a little bummed that I didn't get Entrepreneur of the Year last year. But they had said, um, you know, based on your submission, that you would likely be a very good candidate for next year. So we strongly suggest that you apply next year. So this year came around application. I got nominated again. I applied. I did all the process and whatnot. But I hadn't heard anything from it. And so we had already bought tickets and everything because we sponsor this event. We do the uh, entertainment sponsor because, I mean, we're an entertainment company. We should probably be entertainment sponsors. And that gives us eight tickets to it. So, we were having a conversation in our manager's meeting about what we should be wearing to this. Now, this is like a gala. It's a very high-end uh, type of event. Well, last year, Zach dressed up like Willy Wonka, Casey wore the powdered blue suit from Dumb and Dumber, and I wore a Christmas jacket. And people thought it was hilarious. They had fun with it, and very on-brand with high caliber of being memorable and unique. So, this year, it was like, okay, are we going to do that again? And... Kind of on a whim, it was, all right, everybody, draw a name out of this hat, and whoever's name you get, you get to buy the, you have an $85 budget to buy the other person's cost or outfit. Well, little did I know, we all have very twisted senses of humor. So we show up to this event. I am dressed in a suit that is covered in toucans with a, like, I don't know, fedora like hat. I don't really know how to describe it with, like, uh, these birds painted on it and these rose colored glasses. I mean, it was pretty ridiculous. My shoes were these sparkly gold glitter shoes with gold spikes on them. Uh, so Jackie was dressed as a bee. She looked like a gigantic yellow bumblebee. Uh, Danielle was miss Frizzle from the magic school bus. Casey was a like 1930s gangster. He was wearing a suit that was just giant. That was, uh, he looked like a mobster Um, Tyler call was dressed, uh, his suit was covered in old newspaper. Like it was like newspaper print. Um, so it just looked like he was covered in newspapers. And then Zach was, uh, I got him. So his was all money. So he had a, like a fake mustache, a monocle and his suit looked like hundred dollar bills all over it. And then last and not least was Tyler Kaczynski who had just a very nice gold leaf jacket because Jackie was really concerned about whether or not we should be dressing like this. I'll be honest, I was concerned too. When Jackie reached out and was like, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think people will appreciate it. I said, I get it. I feel that to my core too. Like I'm not sure if that's the right thing, but I look back at the history of what we've done at High Caliber and every time we are our genuine selves, people love us. It always goes well. So we're gonna go based off of history, not off our gut, unless you have something that stands out. And just both of us were like, oh God, hope we're right on this. And I said, Jackie, if I'm wrong, I won't. I won't question you ever again about this. So we get to this th- this uh event and everybody's dressed in these, you know, three-piece suits and gowns and all this stuff and we come rolling in all together dressed as just complete jackasses. And we go over and we're like, "Okay, we need to get our name tags." And they said, "Who are you with?" And we said, "High Caliber." And everybody behind the desk goes, "Okay, that makes sense." And they're all laughing and people are taking pictures with us. Um and we start making our name tags. And on our name tags, rather than putting our names on it, we're doing things like we're just writing not Kevin because we're not Kevin. So it's not wrong. And it's a good conversation piece at these types of uh, events. And these events are – I don't think people really enjoy these high-end events anymore. They really like just being goofy and fun in themselves. So we kind of allow that to happen by showing up that way. Well, we start recruiting people and uh, writing on their name tags not Kevin And so now we have an army of not Kevins going around. People are feeling involved in something. They're being a little goofy and they're just, they're having a good time. So we're sitting over at our table and they go up on stage and, uh, they're the announcers going through stuff and she gets all done. She goes, and by the way, shout out to all my not Kevins and people in the crowd are like, woo, losing it. And it's like, okay, you know, we're being memorable right now. This is working well. So they're going through the award ceremony and everything. And at this point I knew that I was going to win an entrepreneur of the year Dressed as a complete jackass, but just kind of laughing at how ridiculous that is. Most of my team has no idea about this, though, so they go through. And the very last award is the most coveted award, which is Entrepreneur of the Year, and they call me up there, and I go up there. I have I don't even know what to say because I just I'm just laughing about it. Like this is ridiculous. I'm up receiving this very prestigious award and dressed as a complete jackass. And the reason that I'm receiving this award is because of that exact type of thing. I'm comfortable being who I am every given day and standing behind the things and morals and values that I believe are important in life. And I think people see that and they appreciate that. And I think that is what has driven our success. So when I stood around and I was accepting this award, I was able to just thank the people for appreciating me for Accepting me of who I am, what I stand for, you know, and just having fun and having that joy. So now my face is all over the news and everything for Entrepreneur of the Year, dressed as just this complete jackass, and I'm just laughing about it. Like, what a wonderful story! And the nice thing is, is everybody loved it. So Jackie and I looked at each other, and went, "Well, you know, our guts were this is uncomfortable." Often the uncomfortable things are what are most successful. Um, so that was really cool. And, you know, I was very high honor for me and a very fun story to stand behind it. Like I definitely don't think I would have told the team, Hey, let's dress like jackasses. If I knew I was going to win entrepreneur of the year or, you know, the whole, you know, buy for the other person type of thing. I kind of knew it was going to turn into that cause I know my team pretty well. Um, but I'm glad it did. And uh, you know, those memorable stories and stuff and that's kind of the whole idea of be high caliber. It's, you know, be memorable, be unique, stand out. And that's people really like that stuff and they like being a part of it. So, all the shout outs to my not Kevins and stuff, that's that's gonna that, that gives us some pretty good marketing and PR that you really can't beat. You really can't pay for that stuff. You know, when you when people they look and they're like, oh my god, the guy that went entrepreneur of the year was wearing a suit covered in toucans that was lime green and yellow. Um, that catches eyes. You know, it's the whole purple cow thing. If you see, you know, twenty miles of cows and fields, you know, the first time you see a cow, you're like, oh wow, that's a cow. You know, twenty miles later, you're like, "Yep, there's more cows." And then suddenly, you see a purple one. And you're like, "Oh, holy shit! What the hell? Did you see that cow?" That's the you know that book. That's you know the popular logic of you know stand out there for marketing aspects. We do these things and we win these awards specifically because of the uh, really the media attention that we get with it. It's free and it's vast and it works really well. You can spend ten thousand dollars trying to get advertisements out in the news, or you can go win some awards. And honestly, winning some awards is also good for the morale of your team. So. Little bit of a suggestion for you if you are an entrepreneur listening to this, or if you are a decision maker or a mover and shaker in your company, go win some fucking awards. It's good for your company, it's good for you. There's no downside to it. And often, all it is is raising your hand and saying, I'm eligible for this. Typically, that's a, a you know 90% of the battle right there because so many people will not self select. There's not these awards, they're not driving around going to businesses and going, you know, you really seem like entrepreneur of the year. They're going off of who nominated them and then the submissions that those nominations are for. So if you're not nominating yourself or asking somebody to nominate you for those things, you are just throwing away free advertising at that point. It takes no time at all to apply for these things and it can be it, it can be huge for what it does for your business. Um, all right, so other fun story. Combat carding. All right, so... Last week, we were we, uh, so we left off. We were blowing fuses on the BizCarts power circuit. So Bizcart had said, "Hey, don't hook up to our go karts this certain way. Hook up here, and you'll have power and can, which is the communication network aspect to it, and uh, you know, be easy plug and play connection." Um, they had done that for the rear controller stuff. That didn't work out. They did it for the front controller stuff. That didn't work out. We tied the two together. Seemed to be working, but then we started blowing fuses. Well the problem is is that these fuses that are on this uh, bizcart are not available worldwide. Like, don't know what the hell's going on. We measure them and we order ones that are the same dimensions and everything, and the ones we get are not the same size. So BizCart's been trying to figure this out for a while. Well, in the meantime, these fuses are in their circuit boards on their carts. So if these fuses blow, these go karts do not move. Not just don't do combat carting, they don't fricking move. That's a concern because if my number one revenue stream in my company is go-karts, I can't have my go-karts not work. So I was on the phone with the inst- the people who uh, installed with it, and they were saying like, hey, Jordan, we, we can't run this system. Um, it's we, we can't let it afford our carts to go down. So we have two carts that are down by your system right now, potentially a third, and we're going into the weekend. We can't have that. We got to pull the system off. That's not a good situation. That's a pretty heavy slap in the face. Um, You know, your competitor's product, we need to run because it's more reliable, is what that means. Now, this is typical prototyping. You go through these things, you try to figure stuff out, but this is concerning. So I get on the call with them and I'm like, okay, you know, it's just this, it's these things. And they're like, when's it going to stop breaking? And I said, well, right now it's just two fuses. That's all we're dealing with. They said, yep, but it's just one more thing. We keep having this thing over and over. Jordan, if you can't get this stuff figured out by November 4th, which right now as I'm recording this, it's October 24th. If you can't get it figured out by November 4th, we're pulling your system for IAPA. Doesn't mean we're done. We'll continue doing things. But during IAPA, we cannot have this system going down. It's too risky of a time frame. So for this customer, they're very busy. They have a lot going on during IAPA. And they are also like a pinnacle of the industry where people go to them And learn from them and see how they do it because they do it best. It's kind of why we want to be there. I have 200 people invited to a $25,000 party, launch party, to host this so people can experience the system to catapult combat carding forward. If we lose this opportunity, not only do we not have that launch party happening, we also then just let everybody know, hey, it's not reliable enough to be on this high-end company's system. Literally the opposite of what we're trying to do. Now, it doesn't shut us down. It doesn't close the company or anything like that, but it certainly makes for a hell of an uphill battle from there. So as we sit right now, we've got you know 10 days to figure out what to do with this. So as I'm talking with them, I'm like, uh, I, I, reached out to biz said, Hey guys, we're blowing fuses. What do you suggest we do? And they said, well, you should just connect to the batteries directly and bypass our cart, which is literally how we designed the system in the first place six months ago. But everybody was trying to make it simpler and more reliable and things like that. Everybody's intention was for it to succeed, but unfortunately it was some misdirection. So about $7,000 worth of wiring harnesses going in the trash and, uh, six months of nightmare headaches, uh, out the door, um, we're back to where we originally designed it, where we knew what was best. Sometimes relying on professionals bites you in the ass. Most of the time it doesn't. You should always trust your professionals and understand that occasionally things are going to go wrong. But the thing is, is like we're still here. We're fine. We can modify. So I fly down. At, so I had this uh, leadership council meeting with Small Business Association of Michigan up on Mackinac Island I was supposed to be going to um, that I had booked accommodation, travel, all that stuff for. Well, the first day of that, I canceled that and I flew down to Orlando. I dropped off the mold uh, for our Nassau panels so that we can fix that supply chain issue. Uh, We got 150 of those on order now that should be available here in about four weeks. Um, And then I drove to Grand Rapids, hopped on a flight, flew down to Florida. And for the next two days, I busted ass hooking up that system back to the way it was. So what I had to do was pull every single go-kart, raise it up onto a stand at chest height, rip all the body panels off it, and run a main wiring harness connected into their rear controller box um, on every single go-kart. So 26 or, well, 27 go-karts in total. Each go-kart took about an hour to do. In addition to this, I also had to diagnose Wi-Fi circuit issues, run tests to make sure everything was operating properly, make sure our shutdown loop was working, teach the employees on certain things with it, checking inventories, looking for defective boards. It was get your ass started at 5 a.m. and at 12 o'clock at night, 1 o'clock in the morning when they're shutting down, that's when you're closing things down. I didn't eat. I didn't snack. I hardly went to the bathroom. I was on my feet nonstop going as physically fast as I could one after another, after another, after another, just pumping it out. There was times where I had three carts at one time that I was doing stuff and it was Pull this body panel on this cart, this cart, this cart. Now pull this cover on this cart, this cart, this cart. So I was just doing the same thing in order across them. Now, the first day I got done, it was I think 14 hours nonstop, and I was at the halfway mark. And I was like, shit, I've only got one more day. I have to leave at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning. This is so. Uh, this is now Friday morning at 1 a.m. I'm walking back to my hotel that's about a half a mile away from Andretti because I just... That's the closest that I could stay. Didn't have a vehicle because it was last minute flying in there. But honestly, it's nice to think and, uh, you know, it's for the walk there to wake up and for the walk back to kind of decompress. So I get to I wake up the next morning and I'm like, holy shit, six hours ago, not no, five hours ago, I was wiring harnesses on go karts and I'm about to go do this for 14 hours straight again. And there's something that I had heard recently that was just extremely helpful. And it was the idea that things are going to be hard. Get to work. And that sounds so simple, but that's all it is. Get to work. Thinking about it, stressing about it, anything like that isn't going to help. Fucking get to work. Think through how can you be efficient with it and then start. Because 90% of the work is actually starting and then you just go. So I get there that morning and I'm just ready to rock. So I start just pumping through carts. By 5 p.m., I'm done with the other half of the fleet because I got in a rhythm that I understood how to do things so fast and knew exactly where zip ties were. And okay, if I do this first, then it removes a step. Like if I, you know, start off with the cart with the seat moved all the way forward and disconnect all of the rear wiring and cut all the uh, zip ties and everything to the back, I get all the back wired up. I slide that or I put the rear cover on. I slide that seat back. Now I'm working on the front. Well, that saves me from moving that seat back and forth three or four times, which you know, it's only you know, 10 seconds every time I do that, but that's 10 seconds every time I do that. So if I'm stressed on time, I need to be as efficient as I can be. So for two days, I'm just going through as efficient as I can be to make this operational. So that night, 7 o'clock, I grabbed eight of their employees and said, okay, guys, we got these all swapped and I'd test them individual one by one. Let's do some test races. I need to make sure when, like I, when I do one cart, everything's fine. I just need to make sure that when we have multiple carts, everything's good. So I go over to the pits, and I turn on all the go karts, And as I'm going through and turning on these go karts, not all of them are connecting. Half of them are actually, uh, it ended up being one-third of them will not connect to Wi-Fi. Now, our system, it looks for a Wi-Fi signal to say, hey, everything's good. I ran my checks and ran all my tests and all that stuff, and it wasn't connecting, so they weren't booting. So now I've got seven employees standing here waiting for me as I'm running around just trying to get some carts to connect so that we can test stuff. I'm dead at this point. I had just worked my ass off as fast as I could for as long as I could. I haven't even eaten yet at this point that day. I've had like two glasses of water because that's all I had time for and nothing's working. And I'm call or i texting Kevin. I'm like, dude, none of this stuff's connecting. And his response is, I don't know why. I don't know what to tell you, dude. I'm looking at this, and the access points are saying that there's poor connectivity. And I'm like, dude, I'm 10 feet away from this access point. There's no reason why we should have poor connectivity. So I end up getting jostled around enough carts to where we can run four test races, and we can do two-thirds of the fleet testing out. Worked fine. Everything was operational, but a third of the carts won't connect. And so I just done, you know, I walk away going, I don't know what to do. We can't be operational if that's the case. Kevin doesn't know what to do. We have no idea why this is happening. Everything that we're looking at showing that it should be perfectly fucking fine. But how many times this happens where it's like this makes no sense and it just it's just been six months of that. And to do that after abandoning this trip I was looking forward to, to last minute fly to Andretti, to bust my ass and just keep one foot in front of the other as fast as I can, to be on that other side of exhaustion and everything not, or, and having it not working was just absolutely defeating. It wasn't a, I wasn't out. I wasn't tapping out, but I was certainly sitting there going, what the hell do I do? So. I was talking with Kevin, I said, Hey, why don't I go back to my room? I'm gonna I'm gonna eat some food. I'm gonna decompress for a minute. And I want you to think through what our options are as well on your end of this. Cause when it comes to like Wi-Fi and software and things like that, that's really in Kevin's wheelhouse. Like I don't know enough about it to be really helpful other than I can help diagnose with him by this is what I did and this is what I'm seeing. And I'm really good at just okay do this in this order did anything happen okay now change this one thing did anything change to try to identify what the one issue is because if you have wi-fi connectivity it could be distance it could be ethernet cable it could be server communication it could be receiving it could be blockages uh for you know steel barriers and things there's, i mean there's so many things and you can't change everything all at once you change one thing at a time and then you test that way you can say this one thing consistently is my problem so i go back to my room and and it was almost a depressing sight. I'm sitting in the bathtub because I am sore to every core of my body. I mean, I just, in the, in the course of the last 48 hours, I slept for five hours. Other than that, I was borderline running all day, every day. My lower half of my body just hurt. So I was like, okay, I'm going to soak in a hot tub. Hopefully that'll help out. I'm sitting there and I'm eating Chipotle in the bathtub with my laptop open on the toilet A bottle of water sitting on the edge of the tub and my water full of rice because when I grabbed my Chipotle, I half fumbled it and spilled some in. I'm just looking there. I'm like, okay, I'm in a Chipotle stew with my laptop on the toilet in defeat. And I took a picture of it because it's just the pinnacle of like such a sad sight, almost comically so. And I get a phone call from Kevin. And I answer the phone just in my own pile of misery, kind of laughing at how ridiculous I am at that moment. And Kevin says, okay, I think we can eliminate Wi-Fi. And so we go through and we're and I'm asking a million questions. Okay, what resources do we need? How long will this take? What happens if this doesn't succeed? Because we got 10 fucking days. And we figure this project is gonna take seven. So if we prepare, if we were wrong at all, or we do this and it opens up other problems, I mean it's a huge risk. It's an absolutely monumental risk. So we're, you know, who can we involve in this? How can we do this? So we go through and said, okay, that's the go forward. This is what we're going to do is we're going to convert everything over to this other communication style. And that's the only thing we're going to rely on because that's been successful all along. Okay, I'm going to get some sleep. I'm going to get there first thing in the morning. I'm going to bust ass on this stuff. I want to try a couple of things before we do that because that's a very risky move. So I get up first thing in the morning. I go to Andretti and I start running tests. Turn on the carts. Third of them aren't connecting. The carts that don't connect, I move them to where the carts are located that did connect. They still do not connect. Okay? So it's not a proximity thing. So then after that, I disconnect one of the uh, the access points, the one closest to the pits. Fired up, same thing. Bunch of carts don't connect. I go and I disconnect the far access point and reconnect the close one. Fired up, and I notice none of the go karts connect. I thought, man, that's strange. When the access point that's closer to the go-karts is the only one powered, none of them connect. So I go back over to the far one. I plug it back in and some of them connect. I thought, okay. So they're reaching that far one. That's why we're getting a poor signal. So I go and I disconnect the one closer to the pits again. Still same thing. You know, a third of them don't connect. Man, this is weird. So... I grabbed the accent and, and at this point, it is I, I had been fixing targets, we had wiring issues with targets, I had ran some tests to make sure the shutdown loops were going to work and all that stuff, and my Uber, it's nine. It's uh, actually 8.56, and because my Uber driver was scheduled to pick me up at 9, a, at 9 a.m., um, my flight was at 11.20, so I had to get to, it's you know 30 minutes to the Orlando airport, security, all that stuff to get through, potential for missing flight, like... I I needed to leave at nine o'clock. That's the the right time to take off. So it's just, you know, my Uber driver showed up seven minutes early. So he's sitting in the parking lot. And I went, I wonder if that access point closest to the pits is not working. Now, it says everything. When we check into it, it's saying, hey, I'm live. Everything's good. I'm connecting. I'm talking to the carts. We're good, guys. Everything's okay. So I go to the far wall and I rip the access point off the long range one that's a far ways away. And I bring it over to the pits and I plug it in and I turn on the carts and every fucking go-kart connects. I'm like, no way that can't be right. So I reconnect. I'm like, it was probably a bad cable. That's gotta be what it is. So I took the cable that I brought over, swap it to the old access point, unplugged the long range one from that was from the distance and plugged it back into the one close to the pits, fire up all the go-karts. None of them connect, switch the data cable over back over to the long range one. That was a long ways away. They all connect. Holy shit. This access point that's at the pits is defective or set up wrong or whatever. For six months, we have fought Wi-Fi issues. We would run into connectivity issues of, of latency issues and uh, time of, you know, uploads and everything. And we couldn't figure it out when we'd be, uh, Kevin would spend days trying to diagnose it. And then suddenly it'd start working. We had no idea why. It would just, okay, now I just work. Okay. That's scary because we don't know what went wrong and we don't know why it's working, but it's working now and we can't fix what isn't broken. So I guess we'll just monitor. Well, we just found out what it is. We had a defective access point that had we had no reason to believe was defective. On a whim, two minutes prior to having to run out the door, literally to gra- jump into my Uber to hop on a flight to go back to Michigan, we figured out what's wrong with it. So I order access points. Cool, guys. Let's get this thing live. Let's get it open up this weekend. We go and we open everything up. We're getting ready to go. They go to run the first race. And the companion, which is the control system for the regular kart races that like basically puts the karts into speed, communicates with all the guests and all that stuff, the far one cannot connect because the company that we installed at has not ran their Wi-Fi cables yet. Or, I'm sorry, their Ethernet cable to that yet. Um, so unfortunately, because they haven't done their aspect of it, we were not able to go live that weekend. So now it's my job to work through them of, okay, we need to get this access point hooked up. I need this ethernet cable routed here so that we can go live because we need to know, did that truly fix it? Now, everything showed that it fixed it at that point, but we don't know until we ran it for a significant amount of time. And every day that we don't run this system is one less day that we can develop the solution that we had came up with of, Hey, we're just going to communicate through this other process. Um, this other, um, technology, uh, we're going to use that as our exclusive communication, um, that's going to take seven days to develop. And we don't want to go and just develop that because there's some other things that we want to have operational and functional and, and fixed um, small things, but things that are you know they everything matters uh, with this. You know, as far as making sure it works consistently. Like right now, we have where uh, the screen refresh seems to be like every third screen command where it changes. So, like, let's say I have 15 bullets in my gun and I fire twice my ammunition count is still going to say 15. When I fire the third time, it's going to say 12. So for some reason, every like three screens, it's updating. Not a huge deal, but it's enough to where we don't want that for IAPA. I really want Kevin focusing his priorities on making that be functional. So rather than saying, hey, fix this thing, that may not be a problem right now. Ultimately, we will have to go to that anyways, but where we sit right now, we want to fix the user experience issues that uh, we have. We want to prioritize those if... It's not imminent that we need to do this stuff, but it's a risky thing because if we find out that Wi-Fi actually didn't get solved, we now have significantly less time to be able to do that uh, that development. Um, and it's hard. you know. What do you do? Do you just do that development and we deal with the user experience stuff later um, just so that we're safe? Or do we believe that we have it fixed with this Wi-Fi thing? Now, if we look at historical stuff like we did with the whole suit thing with high-caliber, um, we've had it working at high-caliber for a long time with the Wi-Fi. It ran for three weeks at Andretti, perfectly fine with the Wi-Fi. Um, we have no reason to believe that this shouldn't ha- this shouldn't work again. So today, access points are showing up. The Ethernet cable will be getting connected. Hopefully, they'll be able to do that stuff. They can run a couple of tests, make sure it's all functional. And if it's all functional, then you know we're in good shape. If not... I got to redirect Kevin and say, all right, get everything moved over to this other type of communications to style. Um, so right now there's a lot riding on this. So combat is surviving off of, uh, investment from high caliber and high caliber is putting every penny of what it has into combat every spare dollar. Well, we want to go to a second location with high caliber and we're ready to start moving that direction very quickly. Um, But we're going to need 20% down for that second location. So we need, you know, it's close to a million dollars. That's really hard to do when somebody who owes you over a third of a million dollars suddenly can't pay you. So part of our growth for a second location with high caliber is hinging on combat success here at IAPA. So it's not just a, oh man, this would be really difficult uphill battle for it. It's also a, now we're going to create an uphill battle for high caliber. All of this rides on the next 10 days. It's stressful. but God, is it exciting. I do believe we're going to get on the other side of this and be perfectly fine. I think we have absolute solutions to it. And I think we will be able to launch our major party. I'm excited for it. I actually couldn't sleep last night because of it. Not in like a fretting thing, but like I'm excited for this. And that's what I'm looking forward to do is as soon as I'm done recording this podcast, I'm hopping in my big, beautiful diesel. I'm going to cruise over to high caliber. I'm going to get my pieces put together there. I'm going to go over to the combat space and I'm going to start getting all the pieces for our uh, HUD boards and everything to be uh, sending out to the software uh, contractor that we're hiring to help improve and uh, uh, improve the reliability of our system. Um, So as everything sits right now, super high risk, but we have one step in front of the other to move forward. Um, so, I'll look forward to updating you guys all with this with the next the, with the next podcast. It'd probably be after IAPA because I think my focus is going to be a hundred percent on this. Um, maybe if on the fourth we don't end up succeeding to uh, launching this and they uh, they pull it, that may be an update of you know how that experience, how that failure is. But um, the nice thing is, is I can stand here and say there is nothing more I could do. If this fails, it is. Absolutely not from lack of effort, not by the least bit. It's just we did not have the pieces right. We did everything we could. Both Kevin and myself are putting in a ridiculous amount of hours, a ridiculous amount of time, focus, and energy. Everybody at High Caliber is handling everything there so that we can remain focused on this. Every bit of resources we have is going towards solving this and making this successful. If it fails, it's just going to prove to me that sometimes you can do your best and you can't succeed. I don't believe in that. I think if you keep busting your ass, doing your best over and over, you will find success. Persistence will always win. I'm a firm believer in that and with business, and I'm looking forward to getting on this podcast here in about 15 days and telling you all that, yes, that is absolutely what it is. Don't stress. Keep fucking working. You will succeed. Outside of that, guys, go kick some ass today. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed this story as much as I enjoyed telling it. I'll catch you later. See ya. Thank you.